Most people think that my dad made me a big league ball player by uh, making me work at baseball and standing over me all the time, and, and actually the opposite was true. Baseball Hall of Famer Cal Ripken Jr. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. In his 21 seasons with his hometown Baltimore Orioles, Cal Ripken Jr. racked up some impressive numbers. 3,184 hits, 431 home runs, 1,695 runs batted in, 19 times an all-star, twice an American League Most Valuable Player. But perhaps his greatest number was 2,632. That's how many consecutive games Cal Ripken Jr. played in, earning him the nickname the Iron Man. He shattered Lou Gehrig's record of 2,130 consecutive games on September 6, 1995. I met him 11 years later when he'd written a book called Parenting Youth Athletes the Ripken Way. So here now from 2006, Cal Ripken. I found out I was a little bit more opinionated than I thought. And it is a viewpoint that I really believe in. It is about the development of the kids, not necessarily an emphasis on winning. It's not making big league players uh, um, out of your eight-year-olds. Um, my general feeling is you want to you sit back, you want to let the kids guide the process a little bit more, take some of the pressure off them, and let the sports, uh, the values in sports comes out uh, and allow them to learn teamwork, individual responsibility, preparation, uh, good work ethic. Those things happen naturally, but let's, let's do it in a non-pressurized uh, environment. Do you think parents are more concerned with winning than the kids are? Well, I think there's a couple things uh, that are out there in, in, in pace. Uh, you know, granted, you want to do the best you can for your uh, child, and you want to give them all the resources, and I think the intentions are very good. You want to give them the best chance maybe to get a scholarship in college, go on to play pro ball. But when you start to get immersed in it too much, that's when the pressure starts to come. Some uh, parents want to relive their own their own childhood or their own uh, sports uh, activities and, and, and try to live that through their child. And I think that's a little bit uh, negative as well. Um, and then there's uh, some people that just believe that if you really place a high emphasis on winning, that you're going to produce a winner as a kid no matter what they do. And again, if you really focus on the winning before you, you have the necessary skills to compete, I think you're getting in the way of development. You use a phrase in this book a lot, giving the games back to the kids. We sometimes lose sight of the fact it's about them. It's not about us, the parents. Well, I mean, we could immerse ourselves in the game in many different ways. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times a 45-year-old can uh, manipulate the emotions of kids by their actions on the sidelines, their words. And, uh, you know, I don't know... Um, too many people that would feel really good about doing that in the game. You know, uh, I advocate a position uh, of sitting back, you know, give them, uh, you know, some of the skills and teach them and practice, and then let the game kind of dictate how it plays out. Uh, I guess the equivalent would be if you're t uh, learning a musical instrument or you're learning the piano, you're practicing the piano nonstop in your house, and then you go to a, to a concert. You don't have parents and everybody else yelling and screaming when you hit the wrong note like they do in uh, sports. So let that process, let them learn through the process of, uh, of the game. And then make notes. You know, if you want to, there's many opportunities that you can see where mistakes are made and you're going to help them after the fact. But let's help them after the fact, you know, maybe the next day or two days later. Let's not uh, immerse ourselves in the game and, and create uh, pressures that's going to be negative. Well, one thing I like about your book is that you admit that you've made some of the mistakes that you caution us against. You've through your body language conveyed the wrong message to your son you used a naughty word once i mean these things happen well i mean we're all emotional and we all react and we all uh, feel for our kids 
And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, you make mistakes. And the important thing is that you recognize you make mistakes. You regret, you regret making a mistake and you learn from that mistake. And I think some of the uh, process of understanding how kids learn, you have to actually go through it for yourself before you really know. You can't sit back and say, this is how I think it should be with no experience whatsoever. Um, being around uh, my kids and uh, watching them learn, watching the other kids learn, watching other parents react to that, I've been able to formulate an opinion. And most people think because I was a product of a professional baseball player or a, a person in professional baseball that my dad made me a big league ball player by uh, by uh, making me work at baseball and standing over me all the time. And, and actually the opposite was true. He just showed me um, – how baseball can uh, can get into your blood, how you can love baseball, and through his actions and, and his moods about uh, what he did, that catapulted me into wanting to do it, and fortunately enough, I had enough talent to make it. Well, you also say in the book that a lot of 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds even, may not decide yet whether they are whether they want to go into baseball, which are basketball, might be soccer, hockey, maybe a little of all of them. Well, I mean, you got to remember that uh, it's a kid's life. We're, we're providing exposures to uh, what they might want to uh, do. And a lot of times I think the parents want your kid to be a baseball player or want them to play lacrosse or want them to play soccer. And you're, you're imposing your will, your wishes on them. And really what you need to do is expose it to them, see how they react to it, support them if they like it, you know, kind of go with the flow. Because ultimately it's their decision, it's their love of what they do, it's their life. And sometimes we as parents forget that. We want, we want to make decisions for them instead of exposing them to experiences where they can, they can make a decision for themselves. Is it a coach's responsibility to play all the players as much as he can? Well, I think um, it all depends on what league that you value and what situation you get into. I think it's a parent's responsibility to understand what the league rules are or what the philosophies are of coaching before you actually place your, your kid in that league. Uh, sometimes you have to learn by uh, trial and error. Sometimes you don't know what questions to ask before you get in. Um, but generally speaking, I think when you're younger, 8, 9, 10, uh, maybe 11, 12, uh, that yes, it's more of a, of a participation sport. It's more of an e equality of substitution. It's more of exposing all the kids to the different parts of the game. There's no way you can know for sure, you know, which kids are going to be the very best. Some some kids develop early on; they get it really quick. Some are really uh, kids that improve as the years go on. They improve at different levels. So I think uh, as a coach, you'd be doing you're doing it justice to all kids by giving all kids the opportunity to experience the sport in different positions, and then let the process sort of weed weed out the kids uh, as you get older. When, to me, when you were about 14, 15 years old, then it started to become about merit, about when you made a team. Usually around a high school level, all of a sudden you have to make a team. Nowadays, you're making a travel team at seven or eight. And the pressures uh, come down uh, on the kids in a way that I don't know their their emotions are, are there to deal with those sorts of things. So um, I'd rather like I'd rather see it to be a little bit more recreational, a little bit more participatory in uh, in the younger ages. And then as a competition, as as they have skills and the competition starts to uh, to grow naturally in the sport, that's when uh, that's when you're competing for a job. And then there's all those of us who tried sports, and we wound up on the debate team instead. But it, sports isn't for every kid, is it? No, but, I mean, there's a lot of lessons that sports can teach you. I mean, again, if your philosophy is I'm going to make a uh, college uh, uh, player get a college scholarship or I'm going to put him in the pros, you, you should look at the numbers and see, you know, uh, what are the odds against that sort of thing happening. But if you really look at it from uh, sports can teach you so many different lessons, and it's good. I mean, there's nothing that teaches, teaches working as a group or teamwork better than a sport, sporting. Uh, in schools, they try to actually put you in teams, you know, on certain projects so you can learn how to work together. But sports does that naturally. So 
you know, everyone should should, uh, should understand the value of exercise in their life and being outside and trying sports. And uh, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing, but you should be able to try it and you should be able to enjoy it at some level. Should What should parents and coaches be looking for to see if a, a youngster has decided he's going to go the steroids route? Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know what would uh, get into to people's minds to actually even consider that. I mean, to me, that's... Uh, uh, that's such a big risk. It's such an unknown. Uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, on some levels uh, it works uh, to what happens to your body and what happens to the rest of your life. I mean, those sorts of things are still out there. And maybe science will uh, figure that out a long ways uh, uh, from now. But I can't imagine a parent or a child sitting down and deciding whether I should uh, use uh, um, steroids to help me um, help me make it. Well, chances are a kid's not going to tell his parents he's using, is he? Well, I would hope. You know, I worry about this uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Every t- time I get a chance to be in front of kids, I want to know what they're thinking about steroids. So when I was down in uh, Fort Stewart, uh, uh, Georgia, uh, Whisk uh, Laundry Detergent is a partner, and we re- refurbished fields together. So at this one particular time recently, we were down there dedicating a field in Fort Stewart, Georgia. And uh, you have a bunch of kids around, and there's moments that present themselves where you sit down as a group and say, okay, you're asking me about steroids. What do you think about steroids? Do you think it's right or wrong? And to me, it's, it's kind of a morality issue. And uh, if they, uh, and all of them to a T came back and said, we think it's wrong. And so to me, the message is kind of coming down. It is, it is not, uh, it is, there's no such thing as a shortcut necessarily. Um, these things are, uh, can be dangerous, um, and just because they're being talked about in the big league level and, and you're trying to weed it out, I really want to know how the kids are absorbing that and how they're, how they're processing it. And it seems to me the message is clearly getting to them that it's the wrong way to do it. Cal Ripken retired from Major League Baseball in 2001. A year after our interview, he was elected to baseball's Hall of Fame. He just turned 60, and he still lives in Maryland. Are you new to Now I've Heard Everything? You can find all of our past episodes, seasons one and two, over 150 interviews in all, at our website, heardeverything.com. And of course, we post new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, for Labor Day, a frank discussion about labor. My 1996 interview with the former head of the AFL-CIO, John Sweeney. I think if we had a stronger, more vibrant labor movement through these years, we would have bargained tougher, and we would have been doing a lot more aggressive organizing. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Bill Thompson.